0: Logan Thomas back at practice on Monday. What he did, what's next, and loads of other injury updates for the Commanders right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast.
1: Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Welcome in Commanders fans to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 app. Your CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C. has a streaming app that is a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Download the WUSA 9 Plus app now from your Roku or Amazon Fire TV stick. No matter how you're joining us, we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day I am David Harrison, writer for Sports Illustrated's Commander Country, covering your Washington Commanders. My co-host is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Metahertz show on the Team 980, which, of course, you can find live Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern or any along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not there or here, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at DHarrison82. Chris is at Russellmania621, and the show is at LO Commanders.
2: All right, and once again, we make uh, we thank you for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and watch of the day. The key to breaking old habits, David, for the Commanders, may rest with a couple of newcomers on the team. We'll talk about two such players coming up, but first, the big news of the day, as you mentioned, Logan Thomas activated off the preseason pup list and returning to practice. On Monday. Now, of course, that didn't mean he went from zero to 100 in the span of one day. It's obviously going to be a ramp up process. How long that process is, uh, don't know. He seemed to indicate afterwards to you guys uh, assembled in Ashburn that it wouldn't be too long. Clearly, there's two plus weeks to almost three full weeks before the season opener against Jacksonville. What did you see? Uh, again, uh, from your own eyes being there, did he do anything that made you go? Hmm. Okay. Wasn't expecting that.
0: Uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing that you saw out of him was really between sessions and then he, even after practice. So, you know, as you mentioned, Logan Thomas was one of the guys, uh, stepped up to the microphone after practice and went to the media tent and talked to everybody, Uh, in, you know, in concerts uh, as it were, but, you know, coming into the practice, I mean, he did the individual stuff. He stretched out with the team and and really wasn't, you know, not a whole lot after that. And that's kind of what you expect from a guy coming off a pup uh, and coming into his first practice. And then when you look at the team's own history, you know, you go back to chase Rullier coming off of the pup earlier in training camp, same thing. He went out there, he did some individual stuff, did some isolated workouts, but it was about a week or so if if memory serves uh, before he really got involved in the team activity. So You know, do I expect him to play against Baltimore? Absolutely not. I really don't think uh, that that's probably in the cards. Uh, Not necessarily out of the cards completely. I mean, Logan himself, you know, said he's he's a competitor, so he wants to be on the field uh, doing anything and everything that he can. But there is a plan, a process, right? We keep talking about this uh, with guys like Curtis Samuel, with Chase Roulier, with Logan, and then obviously with Chase Young as well. Uh, And and he honestly doesn't even know, or if he does, he's not telling us, which is fine. Uh, But he doesn't even know the full planned timeline basically he just comes to work every day and they say okay this is what we're going to do today and he says all right i'm going to do it and you know he just he just goes about his business trying to get better but you know you kind of saw some some positive signs early on chris we talked about this during the mini camp and the otas you know seeing him come onto the field even though he was going to the side field he looked good there was no limp there was no soft walking when he would jog you know he was jogging with confidence uh stuff like that and then even recently up to last week you know during practices I actually noticed at one point in time while the special teams was out there working, he's on the he's on the field, uh, not practicing, but he's with his guys and he's in, you know, street clothes or well, gym clothes, whatever you want to call them, workout clothes. Uh, but he was kind of running in place and doing like high knees and and doing all these things and kind of shuffling his feet. And you could just kind of see that he was feeling that itch like he wants to be doing football motions and football activities, because uh, while everyone else is kind of cooling down, getting water, getting ready for the next session, he's over there, you know, again, doing doing little things to get his knee moving. So, uh and then during special teams today, you know, the offense comes off the field, he's on the side taking catches or catching passes from Carson Wentz. Immediately after practice, he and Carson Wentz went to the far field uh while players were getting interviews and doing, you know, jugs machines and everything else Ron Rivera was talking to us. Uh he and Carson are over there while he's waiting for his turn at the mic, just taking catches and they're doing sideline drills like he's, you know, coming to the sideline making catches, all these things. So, you know, it's it's just you can see the itch, you can see the motivation, the desire uh, to get out there. And and, and that's the positive because, you know, a lot of times you have an injury like this. The question is, how much confidence does a guy have coming back? And granted, as these injuries become more and more easily fixable and, and, and guys can come back even better, I think more and more people will be confident. But still, you can't go through, you know, it, it's hard to go through an experience like that and then step back onto the field, potentially take a hit, uh, uh, you know, have the same thing potentially happen without a little bit of nerves and granted he's not in full action yet so we're not all the way there but you can definitely see this is a guy who has been itching to get back to work not worried about what happens when he gets back to work.
2: Yeah, David, you're right. Uh and he put um some you know, I don't want to like go too far into it into the biomechanics but he also described how he was better distributing his weight and his landing uh, and different things like that as to the way they knew he was ready. Remember, with these player chips, the GPS things that they have in their equipment, they can measure shock and load and all that stuff way, 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 way differently in the rehab process than we ever have been able to, uh, you know, with the exception of maybe the last couple of years in the past, right? So it's not just the eye test, it's physical science telling us, okay, this is different. He's ready. He's not ready to take the next step. Now, again, he'll be gradually ramped up. Like you said, he's not going to play in Baltimore. I mean, he was never going to play in that game. There's no reason for him to play. The question is is whether he'll play on September the 11th against Jacksonville. And again, they might need him because John Bates is still banged up. Uh, Cole Turner is still banged up. Armani Rogers got banged up. Um, Curtis Hodges is banged up somehow. The guy that played 41 snaps on Saturday, Eli Wolf. The last man standing went on IR on Monday. I don't know how that happened, but the team went out and then signed Kendall Blanton and Mm -hmm. another tight end. Uh, But Blanton started in the Super Bowl last year for the Rams and actually largely contributed in their NFC title win over the 49ers with five catches for like 57 yards. So what do you make of that move? And how does that kind of all of these questions and all of these things, how does it shape the tight end position?
0: Yeah, I think with, with those two guys, Kendall Bland and then Jake Hausman, who, who they signed off the streets, uh, you know, I mean, officially today, but obviously uh, the, the the transaction was happening before because he was there at practice today. Um, those are your two new additions. Honestly, they're, they're probably camp bodies, you know what I mean? Maybe practice squad, you know, additions, I mean, with the, with the new rules, like Kendall Bland, even though he's got uh, some active time on, on an NFL roster, he can still be put on the practice squad if he clears waivers. And you, and you think about it, both of these guys were available. Uh, You know, Blanton himself was waived by the Rams and then claimed by Washington. You know, he might have gotten claimed by somebody else if they let him uh, slip through waivers. But Jake Hausman's a guy, Ohio State kid, uh, spent 2021 with the New York Giants and their practice squad. So, I mean, not a lot of experience. But, you know, I think, honestly, it's it's more just they're just guys so that you're not having uh, Nate Jerry go out there and and, and play, play, you know, Samus Reyes, put on the number 80 practice jersey, (laughs) go out there for a few reps. Now you can have Kendall Blanton or Jake Hausman come in. But also... that kind of gets into some of the other injury updates you know um john bates you mentioned cole turner uh and then and then curtis hodges curtis hodges wasn't even on the practice field much of last week he was on the side field doing rehab work well today all three of those guys were on the practice field so the the washington commanders in the early going of practice kind of went from like one or two tight ends typically now you got like six or seven to the point where where tight ends coach juan castillo is coaching one group and then he's got his assistants over there coaching the other group because he can't possibly handle all seven or eight guys that are out there. Now, once they moved into team sessions, John Bates, Cole Turner, Curtis Hodges, they all went to the side field and did their extra work. They didn't participate in the team drills, so they're not fully back. But the fact that you even have those guys over there doing some individual stuff, it just, again, with, with almost basically three weeks until the regular season starts, it does give you reason for hope that they're going to come back. But I think in this preseason game, you're looking at Armani Rogers, who has made Great strides in his opportunity. And then you're looking at Kendall Blanton and Jake Houseman as your three tight ends. And to give credit to Blanton and Houseman, both those guys did a lot of extra work. They worked with Coach Castillo all the way up until their afternoon meetings. So I mean, those guys are definitely coming here. They may be camp bodies, but they're looking to make the most out of their experience while they're here.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure how they view Blanton. I don't know if they view him as just a temporary injury replacement and and camp body or If they think maybe he can be better than one of these guys that were looking like they were about to secure a roster spot. And and the the last question that I have is, do they now have to take four, right? Presuming that Logan Thomas doesn't have a setback, he's on. Uh, John Bates is on. There's no question about that. I think Cole Turner is on, provided that he doesn't have a setback. That's three. I originally only had them taking three, David, but do they have to take four like they did last year at the start of the year again and have four or five guys battling it out for that fourth spot? Because maybe Logan Thomas should be on a pitch count. And again, even John Bates uh, and Cole Turner might be quite honestly on a pitch count. So they might have no choice uh, but to take four tight ends for the initial
0: 53. Absolutely. That is that is a part of this conversation because now that Logan Thomas is off the preseason pup, uh, my understanding of the rules, and I'm not a rules expert, but he would have to start the regular season on IR if he was not active, right. which is now uh, more, of, more of a loss. It doesn't make sense for the team to bring him back off a preseason pup if they're then going to make that kind of a move. So again, the assumption is he is now active to be active until he is ready to fully play, which means he's taking up an active roster spot and Look, I had Curtis Hodges as my my third or fourth tight end based on Logan Thomas's status. Given what happens, has happened with him, this he's, he's had multiple injuries during training camp that have held him out of practice. And again, Armani Rogers is, is balling out, at least in games. Not as much in practice, but he is a gamer for sure. So certainly muddies up the waters a little bit. But Chris, something that doesn't muddy up anything is our next partner, a uh, product that I literally have downstairs in my kitchen cabinet right now. I started taking AG1 by Athletic Greens because I needed a quick way to get vital nutrition in the morning, and I didn't want to take a bunch of pills. With one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I like my AG1 with a little bit of sweetness to it, so I mix it with pineapple juice and water, and it's perfect for me. And AG1 subscription costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water or water and juice like I do every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So when you're traveling in for that that Commander's game, you can still bring your AG1 with you. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance.
2: All right, thanks once again for making the Locked On Commander of this podcast your first listen and your first watch of the day, each and every day. It's Fantasy Draft Week on the Locked On Podcast Network. However, you play, experts from Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On Dynasty Football will bring you daily positional top 10 lists to get you ready for the upcoming season. Find Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On Dynasty Football on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, David is going to share his thoughts from Washington's preseason loss. Uh, at Arrowhead in Kansas city, because we were unable to uh, be together on the last episode that served as our Monday episode after the game on Saturday evening. Uh, so, uh, and, and we'll see if my takes have changed, of course, you know, after a couple of days uh, to reflect in hindsight, but before we do that, we'll keep the focus on Monday and the play of the practice uh, and featuring a, a couple of new commanders that could help change some of the deficiencies, uh, from 2021. And David, you noted, uh, this, that Carson Wentz had a bomb to Jahan Dotson, um, uh, near the near pylon, uh, over Dotson's right shoulder with, uh, I guess it was William Jackson, the third kind of trailing mm-hmm. inside, but behind, and it would have been a 60 plus yard touchdown. Am I, is that what happened? Yeah. Because I mean, they have not been able to hook up on intermediate to long stuff so far in the two limited game actions. So that's really good to see.
0: Yeah, it's been something that's been a work in progress, you know, and look, we've seen Carson Wentz kind of overthrow Cam Sims, we've seen him under throw Jahan Dotson and, and, and Terry McClorn, and that's part of that chemistry, right, is is Carson's got to load up. He's got to hur- hurl this ball not just 60-plus yards downfield but also through the air, so you got upward trajectory, long-term tra- trajectory, if I can say the word correctly, speed, all that stuff, and he's got to calculate it with the receiver that's on the field that he's literally, I mean, this is what, month two that he's been even throwing to these guys, um, and he's got to do it all in, in real time. Now in practice, he has the benefit that he knows he's not going to get hit. So it's a little bit easier, right, right, to do it. And we've seen some very good moments. But that's kind of what gives you hope for uh, the future. Now, I will tell you that during this specific rep and during this specific team session, I was watching the quarterback. I was, so I was watching Carson, and I'm looking for his eyes, and I'm looking to see how quickly he goes from one progression to another because, Chris, something we've talked about is there is a reputation out there that Carson can sometimes get married to a read and kind of just get you know stubborn and, and stick there. So I wanted to see if that was kind of something that he was starting to break or if that was something that I could see getting picked up, picked out. So, you know, I see him reading his progression and I see him look and you could just, you know, again, the body language, right? The shoulder dips, the, the back leg kind of goes down a little bit and you just see this deep motion starting to happen. So I immediately look downfield and you just see number one mm-hmm. screaming downfield towards that right pylon uh, near the sideline that we were standing. And yeah, William Jackson is in trail. And I mean, it's a good three, four yard gap uh, between John Dotson and William Jackson, which some of you may be frustrated to hear that about William Jackson, but again, this is Jahan Dotson. This is a very fluid, fast, and uh, and long speed type of wide receiver uh, getting behind your cornerback there. So there's a little bit of positive, a little bit of negative, but yeah, Carson loaded it up, and you know earlier in, the, in training camp, Chris, there was a catch that Jahan made where he showed really good discipline, I you know eye hand coordination, being able to gauge the trajectory of the ball and slow his route so he could actually get there on time. Jahan had to keep full speed. And it landed right into uh, the bread basket, just a dime. And I mean, there was nothing William Jackson could have done that thing, dropped straight down into Jahan Dodson's hands. And, and yeah, you know, it would have been a touchdown, obviously, if it was live play. And I don't know the exact yard marker, but I know they were around uh, you know, the, the the home side, the negative side of, of the 40-yard line or so. So about a 60-ish yard uh, touchdown pass is what it would have done. But it, it just kind of highlights, right, because – that kind of play, and even some of these deep passes to Cam Sims and Terry McLaurin and all these things, these are things we didn't see last year, right? And then because of the limitations of the quarterback position, we just didn't see those things. And these are the kinds of things that we could see this year. And for me, it was kind of indicative of how, if this team can get these things kind of going, right, you already see the replacement of, of Antonio Gibson as RB1 to try to get rid of the old fumbling habits that that plagued this team. This is another example, the deep ball The red zone ability of of guys like Terry McLaurin, then the tight ends and and Carson Wentz and his ability to process. So you can kind of see this shift in some things that the Commanders are doing to exercise the old demons. Um, But I think where some of the frustrations are because, well, because I think some of the frustrations, and we'll get into game thoughts here in a minute, are it's it's not so much that the team is struggling in the preseason; it's that they're struggling in the preseason, Chris. The exact same way they struggled all year last year.
2: Yeah, I mean, clearly Carson Wentz. Again, anybody that doesn't realize this is an upgrade. I mean, it just is, right? The question is, is how much of an upgrade and how it's going to unfold. But Jahan Dotson, who you just detailed, uh, and how easily, I guess, he beat William Jackson III, who's a a good man press corner. You know, if if you look at the impact that Jahan can potentially make— Along with others, I mean, you know, again, I I think of a guy who's banged up right now, who you just talked about, Cole Turner, and what kind of impact he can make in the red zone. We just mentioned the Brian Robinson situation, but Jahan, you know, being a mid first round pick with A, the speed, but also the versatility that he has. And David, I also think the toughness that he has, right? For a smaller guy, you don't think tough, but I've seen him block. And I've seen him do a more than adequate job. I've seen him give effort. I've seen him run all sorts of different routes. You go back to the game on Saturday in Kansas City. He runs a crossing route on a shallow cross from left to right. Nobody even near him blows away from people. But instead of trying to take a big hit and maybe get one or two extra yards, he runs out of bounds. I'm fine with that. Preserve your body. Keep fresh. We need you, man. And yet he still got a nice gain. And then he had another catch Uh, That was basically like a tunnel screen Uh, and he dipped around a a blocker who had engaged right at the point of attack and he, he didn't run into the pile. He ran around it and found a crease and found an opening two little examples of the things that, you know, Terry did a lot of this stuff, but Terry couldn't do it all by himself. Curtis obviously was supposed to do some of it, if not a lot of it couldn't do it last year because of injury. Now you have, All of those guys, presumably, plus Jahan, plus maybe Antonio in a different sort of role than he's been playing the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And look, before we get too crazy about this whole thing, look, William Jackson has won plenty of reps as well. And and I know the the past defense wasn't that great on Saturday. We'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute. But don't get I don't want people to get too crazy. Like, oh, now William Jackson's getting burned by rookies. Look, Jahan Dodson is a very, very good rookie. And, And honestly, some of the questions we had about him coming out of the draft, could he get off of man press? In the National Football League so far, he's shown that he can.
2: Absolutely. All right. We'll finish up with David's first thoughts uh, here on the Locked on Commanders podcast on the 24-14 loss in Kansas City this past weekend. And I'll share some of my uh, reactions now that I've had a chance uh, to let my thoughts settle in. That's coming up. But as you gear up for fall and football season, you need the right people on your team. We talk about the Commanders team all the time to help your small business fire on all cylinders. Avoid the mistakes that football teams make. Don't make them. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier for you, people that you want to talk to, to find them faster and for free. So with LinkedIn, I've been a part of the LinkedIn community and family. And actually, I've been able to get some side jobs uh, by reaching out, networking connecting with people, connecting with people that I went to college with, connecting with people in the industry, connecting with people uh, that worked for Odyssey and Tegna, uh, two parent companies that, of course, I work for. Uh, That is what LinkedIn is all about. So what you're going to do is you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. And then add your job and the um, and use the the hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring, so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience, so that you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview, and then ultimately, who you'd like to hire. You can find the right teammate. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs as number one in developing, quality, delivering quality hires and leading competitors. Linked Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Final segment here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast on this Tuesday episode. Thank you to everybody who checked out Chris and his thoughts following the 24-14 loss uh, to the Kansas city chiefs that episode dropped again Saturday I ran all weekend for our Monday episode. Uh, but Chris, this is my first time back on the show. Since that game went down, I did watch the game. The, the, uh, only issue, which I was, which is why I wasn't on the shows. Uh, I had a Buccaneers game that butted up right up against that one. So I had to literally go from covering that game, turn in all my assignments for commander country, uh, over at si.com and then flip my brain over to Buccaneers mode. And, uh, yeah, 85 players on two rosters is a lot to track and try to evaluate, um, especially in short notice. So um, my thoughts on the game, I heard your thoughts on the game, and and here's the only thing that I kind of disagree with with the total narrative uh, coming out of this game, and one with offense, one with defense. I'll start with defense, and, and then uh, I'll let you kind of tell me why uh, you think I'm wrong, uh, or, or if you've kind of had maybe a little bit of a change of heart. And it's not so much for you, but there are a lot of people who are kind of Really dumping on the secondary and saying, you know, Patrick Mahomes was on pace to throw for 600 yards and do all this and touchdowns and all these other things. And man, the secondary looks just as bad as they did last season. And here's where I will disagree there is no secondary in the National Football League, in the AFL, in the USAF, or whatever it's called, or any football, NCAA football. I don't care. There is no secondary around that can cover everybody for much longer than three seconds, definitely not five seconds. Uh, and I'll give a shout-out to our guy, Jamal. He, You know him. I know him well. we both been on his show. I think you're going on his show Wednesday. Um, so make sure you check out the Trapper Dive podcast. He he shared a clip of all 22, right, of, of – of, uh, I think it was the Justin Watson – I think it was the Justin Watson catch uh, against Cole Holcomb. And that is one that I've seen some fans and I've seen some people kind of poo-pooing on Cole Holcomb – Saying, you know, this is a wide receiver who's been cut from multiple teams. There's actually only one team, um, stuff like that, who never really did anything in the NFL so far. And our starting linebackers letting him get a 40-yard cap. First of all, uh actually, no, I'm talking about a different, I'm talking about a different rep. This rep was I think actually that one Bobby was McCain.
2: Cam Curl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. There's a different there's a different, there's a different rep I'm actually talking about anyways. Yeah. Bobby McCain in coverage. But anyway, the bottom line is he's in coverage for five seconds. Now part of that is the lack of of defensive pass rush up front, part of that is Patrick Mahomes, right? And the part that's Patrick Mahomes, you can't put on any of the defenders except for contain. And this is what Ron Rivera has been talking about. He talked about it after the game. He talked about it again on Monday after practice with visible frustration. Like this is, we talk about hindsight. Chris, we're days after that. Like they've had a flight back from Missouri and they've been in, in town. He got home. He got some sleep. He's eaten a few meals. He had practice today. Practice was good. Generally speaking, boom, as soon as it comes up, you see the frustration come right back up to the surface. Discipline play up front, pass rush and edge containment. Those are the things that were missing from the Washington defense on Saturday. Those are the things that were missing sat- last Saturday against Carolina Panthers. Those are the things that were missing pretty much throughout the entirety of 2021. And most of us blamed it on Chase Young. And I'll say that we are in that party as well. Chase Young ain't out there. So now there's other guys out there. Jonathan Allen, Jaron Payne, Montez Sweat, James Smith-Williams, Casey Tuhill, whoever it is. And and Ron didn't name names, right? But whatever it is, there is something happening with this defensive line to where, I mean, Sam Mills is gone, right? So now you have Coach Scanina, who I always get hesitation when I try to say his name because I butcher it too often.
2: You said it perfectly. But...
0: (laughs) There is something happening within this defensive line that these players and I, and I say players plural just because I, I have to assume it's not just one guy. But again, we don't know exactly who it is. And it's hard to tell from film simply because you don't necessarily know everybody's assignment. But I mean, I don't, I don't know how to tell them how to fix it. But that to me is where this problem starts, because when you have those things happen, your defense, your secondary is going to get exposed. There's, there's no choice. And then when the defense does have its one or two plays off where a secondary player does make a mistake, because it's going to happen, they're human beings, it looks even worse because you know your quarterback's already gone five for five against our secondary on this drive, and those first five passes, really, it's on the defensive pass rush, not the secondary. And then that sixth pass, well, that is on the secondary. And what do the fans see and what do some of the media see? Oh, six for six for 60 yards and a touchdown. But that's not really the crux of it. The crux of it starts up front.
2: Well, you know, I, I will say this. My first thoughts in the first quarter on the first two drives were, "Gosh, they're they're getting some heat on Patrick Mahomes." But they're flushing him out, and he's just he's just jogging, 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 yeah, jogging, jogging you know. to the right and left wherever he wanted to go, and more to the right, and then easily being able to go cross backfield because he's got such a cannon for an arm and break down coverage. So to your point, we're right on target with right. each other. Now I do think that the secondary struggled a little bit more than maybe they're, maybe Ron or maybe some others are giving blame for. I, I mean, Benjamin St. choose blew a coverage on the first drive in yeah, which Patrick right. Mahomes overthrows. A I mean, it would have been a wide-open touchdown, a breakaway touchdown. And, again, I'm not trying to kill anybody. I'm not trying to say, no, 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 it's everybody's fault or one fault or whatever. It's all a team concept, David. And to your point – one of the first things, you know, again, I I said they can't contain Mahomes or they're letting Mahomes dictate, and that's one of the first things that Logan Paulson got from Ron Rivera at halftime on the NBC Sports Washington broadcast is, hey, these guys are undisciplined. These guys are letting Mahomes run around and break free and break down coverage, and we all know it's in concert with each other, so as we sit here with a couple of days in the rear, there's no doubt that it is a problem. It's all connected, right? How do you fix it? Like you said, I don't know other than more sound discipline, more gap discipline, more mm-hmm. I guess ability to finish off a play when you get a hand on Patrick Mahomes' shoulder like Montez Sweat did on one particular play. And that's just one play, but you've got to finish plays at this level in order to be a good defense. And the offense, while it's improved, it's not good enough to overcome the constant third down issues and maybe some of the mistakes or the close but not cigar, not close enough, uh, you you know, type of – uh, uh, plays or moments from this defense they've got to find yeah. a way as a whole team all three units David to work in better concert with each other otherwise they're gonna be one and one at the minimum and maybe o oh and two out of the shoot when everybody yeah. else thinks they should and could be two and zero. Oh.
0: yeah absolutely look you know uh yeah the secondary is certainly not perfect by it by any means trust me there there are flaws in the secondary there are flaws within really any secondary i just think that if the front plays better plays more discipline within the game plan then it makes the job easier on the back end for the for the defenders um here's well the last thing i'll say about that look tampa bay buccaneers when they beat Kansas city chiefs 31 to 9 in the super bowl it was a great performance but it it was because they did a specific thing and that specific thing they did was that if patrick mahomes was going to run he was going to run up and down the field he was not going to run side to side because i'll tell you right now patrick mahomes will run backwards Like, if if you don't give him an avenue to run outside, he will run backwards, and he will still throw the ball, which is how you come away with interceptions, which is what the Buccaneers did against the Chiefs. So, again, that's something that the the Washington Commanders just didn't do. Fortunately, it's preseason, right? It's a great lesson, hopefully, to be learned. There's a lot of teach film being collected from that Chiefs game. We'll just have to see if the lessons sink in. That's what the coaches get paid for. That's what the players get paid for. Last thing, Chris, because we're running a little bit long here, but offensively, my thing about this is, I understand the first team offense really hasn't scored against the first team defense yet. Like you go back to Carolina when they did have that scoring drive, there was a lot of Carolina's, you know, second team defense or their entire second team defense was on the field, so I get that. But what I will say is that through two games, I think what you're seeing is a patient, calm, in control, control Carson Wentz, and that is the Carson Wentz you want as he continues to learn this offense. You don't want a Carson Wentz who's out there trying to force the issue to score points simply to make everybody happy and and give the media something good to talk about. I like what we've seen out of the Carson Wentz offense because it's patient. It's taking what the defense is giving, but it's also taking shots when those shots seem to be smart shots to take.
2: He hasn't been perfect, but I think you're right. He's shown poise for the most part. I wish they didn't end the preseason on that third down sack after the Cosme penalty on Saturday, which cost them a chance to kick a field goal, but that's the way it unfolded. More thoughts on Carson Wentz and some other individuals who shined and maybe didn't coming up throughout the week right here on the Locked On. Commanders podcast. But Commanders fans, we thank you again for making LOC your first listen and your first watch of the day. Now make Locked on Fantasy Football your second listen and watch. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you moves that no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked on Fantasy Football. Again, more content throughout the week as we lead you up to the third and final preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens. If you want to hop in, 301 615 3577. We're locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com. For my partner, David Harrison, who covers the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation and Commander Country, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Matt Hurst Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app in the Washington, D.C. area, and of course, available wherever you get that odyssey app you. also how you can listen to this particular show if you're out and about please be safe be kind to one another don't you dare do what hollywood brown is doing out in arizona boys and girls and thank you for joining us right here on the locked on commander's podcast